This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022, I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm David Atkins. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Pelosi tells Taiwan, U.S. commitment to democracy is ironclad. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Michael Stanley will be in with a Metro Huntington weather forecast, and the current temperature outside is a humid 91 degrees. And now on to our top story. Michigan Representative Peter Meyer, who witnessed the Capitol riot days after taking office in 2021 and then cast one of the 10 Republican votes to impeach Donald Trump over the attack, has lost his re-election bid. Meyer was defeated in a primary yesterday by Trump-endorsed John Gibbs, a businessman and missionary who served in the Trump administration. Two Republicans in Washington state who incurred Trump's wrath by voting for impeachment also went before voters. Races involving Representatives Jamie Herrera-Butler and Dan Newhouse were too early to call by this morning. Trump vowed revenge against the 10 who crossed party lines on the impeachment vote, and he endorsed party challengers to them in the midterm elections. The scenic northern California hamlet of Klamath River was home to about 200 people, a community center, a cornerstone, and a post office. But the deadly wildfire raging through the forested region near the Oregon state line jumped the river last weekend, killed four residents, and turned most of the community to ashes. Some residents are now picking through the burned-out shells of their modest homes. 80-year-old Roger Derry is among the few whose homes were spared by the inferno. He calls the situation sad and disheartening and believes most residents will eventually rebuild. The fire erupted last Friday and was still out of control today. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones says he now understands it was irresponsible of him to declare the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre a hoax and that he now believes it was, quote, 100 percent real, unquote. Testifying today in his own defense at a civil trial to determine how much he owes for defaming the parents of one of the children who were killed in the 2012 attack in Connecticut, the InfoWars host acknowledged that it was irresponsible of him to push the false claims that the massacre didn't happen. The parents suing Jones, though, testified yesterday that an apology wouldn't suffice. They are seeking at least $150 million. Closing arguments are expected to begin later today. The first grain ship to leave Ukraine under a Black Sea wartime deal has passed inspection in Istanbul and is heading on to Lebanon. Ukraine says 17 other vessels at its ports are loaded with grain as well and waiting for permission to leave, but there was no word yet on when they could depart. Authorities said a joint civilian inspection team spent three hours today checking the cargo and crew aboard the ship Rizzoni, a July 22nd deal involving Ukraine, Russia, Turkey, and the United States aimed to ease food insecurity around the globe by creating a safe corridor across the Black Sea. World, world food prices have been soaring and the war has blocked exports from Ukraine, a major global grain supplier. 
U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi concluded her visit to Taiwan with a pledge that the American commitment to democracy on self-governing island and elsewhere, quote, remains ironclad, unquote. Pelosi was the first U.S. Speaker to visit the island in more than 25 years. The trip drew the wrath of China, which swiftly responded by announcing multiple military exercises nearby. The Speaker's departure for South Korea came a day before China was scheduled to launch its largest maneuvers aimed at Taiwan in more than a quarter of a century. Before leaving, a calm but resolute Pelosi repeated previous remarks about the world facing, quote, a choice between democracy and autocracy, unquote. Coming up, long days grind on search teams in flood-ravaged Appalachia. That and more news from around the Tri-State when New Center 88 returns right after this. Vestmeyer, no. Bazookas to the back of the net. And he ties the game for the herd. Call him Bazooka, because that was a rocket by Bazookas. She's going to lift this one high and deep, way back into left field. That one's by the light pole. Look up and say goodbye. Allie Harrell with her 10th career home run. She has now tied the Marshall freshman record for most home runs to start a career. Under 25 now, over to Williams from three, and he knocks it down. Jansen Williams puts the herd on top. 70 to 69, 19 seconds left in the contest. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm David Atkins. Multiple organizations are providing flood support in eastern Kentucky. Governor Andy Bashir has established the Team Eastern Kentucky Flood Relief Fund. Bashir says tax-deductible donations first will go toward paying for each flood victim's funeral, among other groups accepting money donations online for flood efforts include the American Red Cross, Save the Children, and Aspire Appalachia, groups that are accepting cleaning supplies, non-perishable food, and other items include the Appalachian Regional Healthcare Foundation, the Kentucky Educational Development Corporation, Franklin County Fiscal Court, the Kentucky Department of Agriculture, and the Kentucky Horse Council. Kentucky Emergency Management also is accepting volunteers for debris removal and shelter assistance. The deal reached last week by Senate Democrats would provide $20 billion for climate-friendly agricultural practices. Agriculture is a major contributor to climate change, and experts say there's plenty of opportunity to reduce the sector's emissions. If the measures in the bill are enacted, most of the money will go through existing U.S. Department of Agriculture programs that already help farmers implement environmentally friendly practices. The bill also funds research and efforts to improve cattle feed to reduce the amount of methane they produce. Cows are a major source of climate warming methane. A Kentucky man has been sentenced to two years and nine months in prison for using false pretenses to accept $370,000 in paycheck 
protection loans under a federal coronavirus assistance program. David Christopher Lewis was sentenced in federal court last week for his guilty plea to wire fraud. Lewis admitted he submitted fraudulent applications in May 2020 for loans on behalf of two businesses. Those businesses were related to a Comic-Con-style event that Lewis had organized in previous years. Court records show Lewis paid himself or his wife more than $100,000 of the loan money. Lewis was ordered to pay full restitution. In deeply conservative Idaho, it's expected that abortion will be banned eventually. But abortion rights advocates are continuing their legal challenges. They're going before the state's top court today to ask the justices to continue blocking enforcement of three laws intended to restrict the services. Similar legal challenges are playing out in red states across the U.S. In some of them, that's allowed clinics to continue to offer abortion services, for now at least. In the first test of voter sentiment after the U.S. Supreme Court's decision, Kansas voters yesterday rejected a ballot measure that would have allowed the Republican-controlled legislature to tighten restrictions or ban the procedure outright. The long days searching debris-clogged creek banks are taking a toll on search teams in flood-ravaged eastern Kentucky. Philip Dix is leading a team from Memphis, Tennessee. He says his crew is used to be stifling heat is used to the stifling heat and humidity, but he says they're tired under the grind of 12-hour days spent pulling people from danger. Temperatures are soaring in a region of eastern Kentucky where people are shoveling out the wreckage of massive flooding. Some are working without electricity. Officials open cooling centers for residents. Governor Andy Bashir says the death toll from the historic flooding in Kentucky remains at 37. Coming up next, new crypto oversight legislation arrives as industry shakes. That and more news from around the nation when New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. You solved all 10 briefcases without hitting a whammy. That means you've won the grand prize. Tell them about it, Rod. It's brand new radio station from Marshall University, WMUL 88.1. Contains the best music library, news coverage, award-winning sports, and impeccable talent. It's the WMUL 88.1. Cutting edge! Ever notice when you have a baby, everyone seems to give you advice? From your mother-in-law, to your own parents, to your friends. But when it comes to the important stuff, like immunizations and protecting my baby's health, I trust my baby's doctor. She really listens to my questions about shots, gives me great information, and she works with me to make sure my baby gets protected. And that's something even my mother-in-law can agree with. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to News Center 88, the best news program by the National Broadcasting Society. I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm David Atkins. A woman has been convicted of murder in the shooting of an off-duty Cleveland police officer during a carjacking on New Year's Eve. 19-year-old Tam- Tamara McLeod of Garfield Heights faces a potential life term with no tra- chance for parole when she is sentenced this year. She had confessed to shooting 25-year-old Shane Bartik, but said she did not intend to do it. 
She showed no reaction as the verdict was read today. Authorities say McLeod shot Bartik as they struggled during a carjacking in the parking lot of an apartment building. A gun used in the slaying was found on McLeod. Two Kansas state lawmakers who have faced legal troubles since they were elected have lost their primary races. Freshman Representative Aaron Coleman of Turner, who was reprimanded by his party over his legal problems, was defeated in yesterday's Democratic primary by Melissa Oropisa. Coleman agreed in March to undergo mental health counseling after being accused of a misdemeanor battery involving his brother. He also admitted to abusing girls and young women before he was elected. And Republican Representative Mark Samsel of Wellsville, who pleaded guilty to three misdemeanors involving his treatment of two students, was ousted by conservative Carrie Barth of Baldwin City. A federal judge in Tennessee has extended a restraining order against 10 anti-abortion activists and all members of Operation Save America. Yesterday's ruling orders them not to interfere with patients and providers at a CAREFEM car Carifem Reproductive Health Clinic outside of Nashville. My apologies. The order came after protesters attempted to enter the clinic last week during a national conference of Operation Save America, formerly Operation Rescue. Among the allegations in the complaint, three people tried to gain access to the clinic by posing as patients. One of them threatened on video to, quote, terrorize the building, unquote. The restraining order expires on August 12th, with a hearing scheduled that day to determine if further action is needed. State Representative Shree Thandar has won Michigan's 13th Congressional Democratic primary, topping a field of nine candidates in a district that covers most of Detroit and a number of surrounding suburbs. Thanadar's victory means Detroit could be without a black representative in Congress for the first time since before Charles Diggs Jr. took office in 1955. Diggs was joined in Congress in 1965 by Democrat John Conyers, who retained his congressional seat for more than 50 years. Results from yesterday's election show Thanadar, an immigrant from India, defeating state representative Adam Holier and attorney Portia Robertson. Detroit is about 80 percent black, and all of the other candidates in the primary are black. After 13 years, at least three crashes, dozens of scams and Ponzi schemes, and hundreds of billions of dollars made and evaporated. Cryptocurrencies finally have the full attention of Congress. Lawmakers and lobbyists have papered Capitol Hill with proposals on how to regulate the industry. A proposal today from Democratic Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan and Republican Senator John Boozman of Arkansas would hand the regulatory authority over Bitcoin and Ether to the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. Bills proposed by other members of Congress and consumer advocates have suggested giving the authority to the Securities and Exchange Commission. Coming up next, Taliban police clash with Islamic State gunmen. Your daily political update when News Center Radio returns right after this. My darling, I love the tango, and I love you, more than the sunrise on a clear summer day, more than the colors of the rainbow, more than the, how do you say, American football. 
Do you love me more than the WMUL? Are you crazy, woman? I mean, alas, it is not so. For the WMUL is, how do you say? Ah, yes. Too sexy. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler. And I'm David Atkins. Influential Shiite cleric Muqtada al-Sadr has told his followers to continue their sit-in inside Iraq's governmental zone and called for the dissolution of the parliament and early elections. Speaking today for the first time since thousands of his followers stormed the parliament building in Baghdad Saturday, al-Sadr said that, quote, revolutionaries, unquote, must stay and continue their sit-in. Al-Sadr hinted that appeals by his political rivals to negotiate did not bear fruit. He says, quote, there is no point in continuing dialogue with them. The people have said their word, unquote. Quote, where you went grad, unquote, is a common question posed in Hawaii. Pigeon to find out which high school someone graduated from. High school has long been tied to Hawaii residents' sense of identity. What happens when that school bears the name of President William McKinley, whom many native Hawaiians disdain for his role in the annexation of the Hawaiian Kingdom to the United States? The effort to change the name is meeting resistance from mostly older alumni who say renaming their alma mater would rattle their identity. The resistance comes amid a growing movement across the islands to restore Hawaiian place names and an attempt to honor and respect native Hawaiian culture and history. U.S.-China relations are teetering on a precipice after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. Pelosi was greeted by a rapturous welcome in Taipei and applauded with strong bipartisan support in Washington, despite White House misgivings. But her trip has enraged Beijing and will complicate already strained ties even after her departure. Already, China is preparing a show of force in the Taiwan Strait to make clear that its claims are non-negotiable on the island it regards as a renegade province. And, as the U.S. presses ahead with shows of support for Taiwan, including military sales and diplomatic lobbying, the escalating tensions have raised the risks of military confrontation, intentional or not. President Joe Biden today signed an executive order aimed in part at making it easier for women seeking abortions to travel between states to obtain access to the procedure. One of the directives will allow states that have not outlawed abortion to apply for Medicaid waivers that would help them treat women who have traveled from out of state. The order will also call on health care providers to comply with federal non-discrimination laws and streamline the collection of key maternal health data. The order falls short of what many Democratic lawmakers and abortion advocates have demanded of Biden since the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade. A Taliban official says a gun battle in Afghanistan's capital of Kabul left at least five people dead today, including two Taliban police and three Islamic State Group gunmen. The Taliban spokesman for the Kabul police chief says police had launched an operation against the gunsmen gunman's hideout, killing at least three in the Kardi Saki neighborhood in western Kabul. He said the gunmen were Islamic State Group fighters. There was no immediate claim of responsibility. The regional affiliate of IS, known as the Islamic State in Khorasan province, has increased attacks on mosques and minorities across the country. It has been an 
operating in the country since 2014. And coming up, Michael Stanley will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast. And we'll be back with updates on the Russia-Ukraine war. Stay with us. shot. My legs feel like lead. Every muscle in my body is screaming. So why does everyone think the problem is I I can't make it. Luke. Luke. Ed, is that you? You must go to the Marshall system. There you shall seek out WMUL-FM and be trained in the ways of news, sports, and the widest variety of music in the tri-state. But how, Ben? Use the force, Luke. Let it guide you to 88.1 on the dial. And remember, WMUL's force will always be with you. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Mike Stanley, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It was positively icky out there today, with a high of 92 and humidity over 70% for most of the day. Tonight, it should cool off to around 73, but the humidity will spike above 80%. Tomorrow won't be any better than today, with a high of 92, a heat index of 102, and humidity staying above 60%. The late afternoon into the evening brings a near certainty of thunderstorms. Tomorrow night's low will be 73. The rain and thunder continue all day Friday and Saturday. Total rainfall between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday could be over an inch. Friday and Saturday we should see highs in the mid-80s, followed by lows around 70. The threat of rain drops off a bit on Sunday to only 40%. No relief on temperatures, though. The high will be 88, followed by a low of 71. Today in weather history. On this day in 1988, thunderstorms developing ahead of a slow-moving cold front produced severe weather from the central high plains to the upper Great Lakes region. Thunderstorms around Fort Collins, Colorado produced wind gusts up to 74 miles per hour, along with marble-sized hail. 16 people were injured in the storm, most of whom were accidentally locked out of their office building, having evacuated it when the fire alarm went off. The fire alarm had apparently been triggered by lightning. At News Center 88, it is a sunny and humid 91 degrees Fahrenheit, or 33 degrees Celsius. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast. For News Center 88, I'm Mike Stanley. Thanks, Michael. Now on to Russia and Ukraine news. Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky has told Australian university students that China must not help Russia in its war against his homeland. Zelensky was addressing 21 Australian universities today in an online discussion hosted by the Australian National University in Canberra. Questioned by a student about China's stance, Zelensky said, He would prefer Beijing join countries, including the United States and Australia, that have condemned Russia's invasion that began in February. China has refused to criticize Russia's war in Ukraine, or even to refer to it as an invasion, in deference to Moscow. China also condemns U.S.-led sanctions against Russia and has accused the West of provoking Moscow. Energy saving is all the rage in Europe as the continent rushes to wean itself off natural gas and oil from Russia. Governments are urging Europeans to take shorter showers, switch off power sockets, and otherwise do what they can to economize. 
The stakes are high. If Russia entirely severs the supplies of gas that it has already drastically reduced amid the war in Ukraine, officials fear shortages that could force industries to shut down. They say it is imperative that Europe reduces energy use now so it can be saved for use later in homes, factories, and power plants during winter. A massive fire has engulfed a warehouse outside Moscow, killing at least one person and injuring 13 others. Today's fire at a warehouse belonging to Russia's leading online retailer, Ozon, has affected an area of 50,000 square meters. Emergencies officials said that one person died in the fire, and Moscow region Governor Andrei Foryabyov said that two people have remained missing. Huge plumes of black smoke rose into the skies over the area near the town of Istra, northwest of Moscow. Officials said the two of the injured people were hospitalized. Russia's emergency ministry said two fire helicopters were involved in efforts to extinguish the blaze. Ukraine's ambassador to Lebanon is insisting that a Syrian ship docked at a Lebanese port is carrying stolen Ukrainian grain and urged Lebanon to block the ship from leaving. But a judge today ordered the ship released. The claim comes just days before the tiny cash-strapped country receives Ukraine's first grain shipment since Russia's invasion began over five months ago. The Syrian-flagged Laodicea has been anchored at the port of Tripoli since it arrived last Thursday, carrying 10,000 tons of wheat flour and barley. Ukraine says it was stolen by Russia. Ukraine's ambassador to Lebanon urged Lebanon not to allow the vessel to leave the port. Coming up next, would-be robber thwarted by cat named Bandit. Stay tuned. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back to Raleigh, North Carolina, here high atop Carter-Finley Stadium. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome inside Memorial Coliseum in Lexington, Kentucky. The Thundering Herd will be taking on the number 22 team in the country here in the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Inside Value City Arena at Jerome Schottenstein Center. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Hi, I'm Mia Hamm. As a professional soccer player, I know how rewarding sports can be and how quickly injuries happen. So I've teamed up with the American Association of Orthodontists to ask athletes to play it safe. With my years of training, I know what it takes to become an expert, and orthodontists do too. They're the experts who help people obtain healthy, beautiful smiles. Wear mouth guards, face masks, and helmets to prevent injuries. Keep smiling and visit braces.org. And finally today on News Center 88, a Mississippi man says his pet, cat, helped prevent a robbery at his home. The calico cat, named Bandit, lives near Tupelo with her 68-year-old retired owner, Fred Everett. The cat alerted him when at least two people tried to break into their home. Bandit meowed and clawed at Everett's arms to wake him. Everett got up to investigate and saw two young men outside the back door. He says one had a handgun and the other one was using a crowbar to try to pry the door open. The would-be robbers fled. Everett credits the cat 
with possibly saving his life. It's a whale of a story that some Massachusetts boaters will be able to tell. A humpback whale leapt out of the water and landed on the bow of a 19-foot vessel. The surprise appearance startled both boaters and whale watchers on Cape Cod Bay, but no one ended up any the worse for wear. The boat operator reported no injuries and the breaching whale caused no damage that affected the seaworthiness of the vessel. Tree enthusiasts who make the trek to the world's tallest tree deep in a northern California forest could face a fine and possible jail time after park officials declared the remote area off-limits to hikers because of the damage done by trampling visitors to the tree and surrounding forests. The tree, a 380-foot coast redwood named Hyperion and made famous online, is in a remote area of Redwood National Park and it's not accessible by any trail. But that hasn't stopped scores of visitors from hiking to the tree. Lionel Arguello, the park's manager for natural resources, says anyone hiking within the closed area could face a $5,000 fine and up to six months in jail. And that does it for this summer edition of News Center 88. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University in the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For David Atkins, Sequoia Ware, Michael Stanley, and the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Michaela Wheeler, and your thought of the day is, marriages, like careers, need constant nurturing. The secret of having it all is loving it all. Joyce Brothers.